0: Everyone, it's Social Media Thursday. Welcome to the show, Adam Azor Scott White, Al Melchio here on Thursday, August twenty-fifth. We'll get to your tweets at CBS Fantasy BB and Facebook comments, Facebook.com/slash/CBSSportsFantasy, fellas. I'm a little under the weather. I know you can hear it in my voice. I know I sound like garbage. So to all of our viewers and listeners. I won't talk too much today, but we're going to give you plenty <laughs> keep, of fantasy advice.
1: Keep a safe distance away from the speakers. We're trying. You'll yeah. be fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm contagious even through, even through the podcast. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to get to the show. First, we've got to talk about waivers. Astros pulled Juan De Rodriguez off waivers. That means he'll remain in Houston. So if a guy gets pulled off waivers, he can't get traded anymore, right? That is correct. Okay. So if you own Juan De
1: Rodriguez, he ain't going anywhere. The Giants claimed Heath Bell. What is that all about? It may just be about the Giants trying to prevent Arizona from getting Heath Bell. Right. So,
2: Or it, it may be that the Giants' top two relievers are out with injuries, Sergio Romo and, of course, Brian Wilson. So uh, they need all the help they can get to come back in that division.
0: But what I, I about Wilson? How long is he out? Because originally we thought he, right. he'd be back next week. Yeah, probably not long.
2: And, and, and you know, the it could probably be more just a matter of, of – Uh, blocking the Diamondbacks, like Al said, but I I just don't want to eliminate the possibility that the Giants could end up with them. I I think it's a long shot, as any of these
0: cases are, but I think it's possible. We'll know by tomorrow, by Friday, at I think 1 p.m. The Yankees claim Carlos Pena, but he was pulled back, so he's not going anywhere. The Indians claim Jim Tome, The White Sox claim Jason Kubel. Do either of those matter? Maybe more the, the Kubel one, I would think.
1: Yeah, I would think the Kubel one would, would matter more. Um, and that would probably signal a really big decrease in playing time for Adam Dunn. Uh, so that's something to watch for Kubel and Dunn owners. Oh, well, Dunn
0: owners would be so disappointed, right? <laughs> so is there any, any other waiver news notes that we need to know about? Or shall we begin?
1: Let's get on with it.
0: Three up, three down. Here we go. Three up number one is Coco Crisp. Interesting night because he homered twice. On Wednesday, but I was really looking at the stolen bases because you don't come to count on uh, Crisp for home runs. Stole four bases on August sixth. Other than that, he's only stolen one this month, and those are his only five attempts. So, is he a guy who should be started in over half our leagues? Yeah, he
2: absolutely is. In fact, I might go
0: as far as to call
2: Crisp the most underrated player in fantasy. Few people would realize this, but he's yeah. outscored both Matt Holiday and Nelson Cruz this year. And granted, both of those guys spent some time on the DL, but Crisp has had some minor injuries himself and, and actually only has 17 more at-bats than Cruz. So played about the same amount of time with them, and has done better. And although you say we don't really count on him for homers, I think there's more power there than people give him credit for. I think he was actually a little behind pace as far as home runs go and uh, that we
0: might see a, a late-season surge from him like we saw last year. Wow. All right. So he's available in 21% of leagues. Could be a good guy to pick up, and if you own him, you should activate him. Mets shortstop Ruben Tejada. I bring him up because people need shortstops right now. He scored 21 fantasy points in Week 20. He scored a run. He stole a base on Wednesday, and he's only owned in 5% of leagues. How do you compare him to guys we talked about yesterday, Ploof and Seeger?
1: Uh, not that favorably, because those guys uh, can give you some power, and Seager is definitely giving his owners a lot of extra base power last few days. Um, Tejada, I think, just more kind of a steady batting average source. Um, pretty low end. And Reyes should be back next week, right? And then there's that. Yeah, so, there's a possibility. Tejada likely
0: out, you know, you would figure, not going to play much after that. Uh, three up, number three, Juan Rivera. He doubled, he homered, he drove in three runs, and he scored twice. Big night for him Wednesday. Last three weeks, he's been steady. 15, 19, 15 fantasy points, and already 14 here in week 21. Yeah. So, yeah, not that.
2: Yeah, I'm really not impressed, though. He has been. Great since coming over to the Dodgers, but still no twenty-point weeks. And what's that say when he he kind of regresses to the mean a little? And, and plus, even though he has gotten consistent playing time recently, when he plays, it means one of Andre Ethier, James Loney, or your favorite player Tony Gwynn Jr. <laughs> has to be out of the lineup. And
0: uh, I don't. That's not going to last where he's he's subbing for one of them all year long. Okay, yeah, he was subbing for Andre Ethier Wednesday night, and we're going to get to him now in three down. But first, it's Brett Gardner. He's the first in three down. We promised he would be in the show today. So Brett Gardner in the month of August, he has a 319 on base percentage. He is hitting 256, five steals. Uh, He hits, this is interesting, he hits 239 as a leadoff hitter, 236 batting ninth, 370 batting seventh, and 391 batting eighth. What do you guys make of Brett Gardner right now? It's
2: just interesting, the breakdown of that, because when he's hitting leadoff and when he's hitting ninth, who's hitting behind him? (laughs) Derek Jeter. And when he's hitting seventh and he's hitting eighth, who is not hitting behind him? Derek Jeter. I don't know what that means. Probably not that much, but uh, it's considering uh, how much Jeter's stock has fallen, both in real life and in fantasy this season, even though he's... Been, he's like he's been great, great recently. Yeah. I, I understand that. But still, people don't view him as the same player he once was. And uh, maybe. Who's the better hitter now? Uh, I understand Jeter's hot. But who is the better hitter? Who would you trust to hit for the higher batting average? Um, Gardner
0: or Jeter? Yeah, Gardner well, and Jeter. Say, Gardner, say we're, we're like, starting Why isn't he a 320 hitter? He's got so much speed. He should be a better bunter, and he isn't. I, I think he's just a very streaky guy. I think we're starting to see more and more from him and from him realizing that he gets really cold and really hot.
1: And I think he strikes out a little too much he does. To, to be that kind of hitter for average. Yeah, he utilizes his speed and his gap power, um, which at this point he has more of than Jeter, um, to, to at least toy with 300. But yeah, I think expecting him to do much better than that is expecting too much. But you're not going to sit him right now. I wouldn't, no. Yeah.
0: And the thing with Gardner is when he's hot, he's, he's great. But yeah. He goes into some droughts. Uh, okay, three down number two is Andre Ethier. Andre Ethier sat Wednesday. He's in a three for 41 slump. What should owners do with a guy who's owned in almost every league?
1: Probably shouldn't be owned in almost every league at this point. I mean, we've talked about it before. There's a steady two-year pattern of uh, power decrease for Ethier. So he's just not the player he was uh, a couple of seasons ago and I know he got off to the hot start last year and then he injured the pinky and you know people sort of looked at that hot start but I you know at this point now that looks more like a small sample outlier than him as, as a legitimate well, power guy
2: I, well I don't I mean he had the 30 homer year what was it the year before that right two years ago so yeah I I think there's legitimate power I don't know where it's been this season and I'm not in the category where where I think okay he he should he shouldn't be owned in as many leagues as he is because I think there's not really anybody on the waiver wire who you could um who who would be more likely to have a big finish than Andre Ethier would be but he started in 80% of leagues and then that seems a little crazy to me cuz you look at the guys who have outscored Ethier this year Johnny Damon uh, Ichiro, the bad Ichiro, Cameron Mabin, Juan Pierre, Seth Smith, the part-time wow. player, and Jason Wirth, who is every fantasy owner's whipping boy. Who would, yeah. So,
0: Who would you rather own, Crisp or, or Ethier?
1: <laughs> I would rather own uh, Crisp.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just talked about Crisp being underrated. I would rather be starting Crisp, but I, it would still be yeah. awfully hard for me to cut Ethier for Crisp if Crisp was sitting out there. Right. <laughs> All
0: right, three down, number three. J.P. and Sibia has been cold. 161 with two home runs in August. Drop or stash, Aaron Sibia. Actually, you know what? I'll give you some names. Aaron Sibia or Barajas. Aaron Sibia. Hunley.
1: Aaron Sibia. Hannigan. Aaron Sibia. Kurt Suzuki. Uh, Aaron Sibia by a hair. I mean, those oh. two. Are, those two are very, very equivalent.
0: Yeah, I'll say
2: Suzuki here. I, I just I don't think I ever had as much faith in Aaron Sibia as you did. Uh, looking at his peripherals, honestly, he looks a lot like. Rod Barajas, to me, he looks like another he's, one yeah. of those sort of players.
0: That's what he is with, like, six more home runs or whatever. Well,
2: 100 more bats, too, so yeah. that's well, he's, part of
1: the reason. Yeah, he's Rod Barajas, I think, with some potential for a, a not a good but a decent batting average if yeah. he hasn't delivered it. Right. And more playing time. Yeah. yeah. But I agree. Similar type of hitter, for sure.
0: Another bad start for Jaime Garcia as we move over to the rotation. Five pitchers who caught our eye from Wednesday's games. Al, what do you think? Seven runs in five innings? Drop or stash?
1: Uh, I say stash. Um, I mean, I just think it would be rash to drop him, even though he has been pretty bad now over those five starts. But um, there's actually an interesting piece in the uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch this morning uh, trying to explain what's going on with Garcia. And it sounds like there's just some mental lapses going on with him. So, for example, in this game on Wednesday, he apparently got flustered at one point when things weren't going well, and he sped up his delivery. You know and then, what we call that, Al? What do we call that? The dog days. They are mentally wearing down Jaime Garcia. Yes, and maybe some other young players too. Maybe some young podcast host are you stuck in the dog days here Adam I'm feeling the effects right now it's been a long August sorry to cut you off that's all right I mean it's important to do uh, host analysis too (laughs) but no no so my point in bringing that up is with Garcia I mean just a day ago I was speculating maybe he's wearing down again physically but it seems like it is more of a focus mental kind of thing for Garcia so that actually makes me slightly more optimistic because that's something that he can be coached on it can be fixed whereas if he's physically wearing down, you might just have to not use him the rest of the year. He's got a two-start week coming up. Uh, I think he's a very, very low-end possibility still in standard mix leagues. Yeah,
0: I mean, those mental dog days, they're not as bad as the physical That's what I'm, dog that's days. That's exactly what I'm saying yeah, here. I agree. Matt Harrison allowed seven earned runs in five innings against Boston. He has not pitched more than five and a third in any of his last three starts. Still owned in 81% of leagues but started in 47 percent next week he's got tampa bay at home and boston on the road seems risky
1: very risky very risky just not good lately if it were a different pitcher with more of a a good extended track record i'd probably cut him a break here but i feel like harrison's really been skating on thin ice for a lot of the season anyway and this is just enough to put me off at least for this coming week dropper stash josh tomlin oakland and kansas city next week I don't think he was
2: that good to begin with, and and we've seen him fall off kind of the same way we've seen Kyle Loesch fall off since the beginning of the season. His ERA just steadily rising up to 425 now, and for a non-strikeout pitcher, that's not good enough to be owned, I think, in mixed
1: leagues. And, uh, you know, I don't even like him as a one-week two-start guy. Okay. Uh, Uh, Go ahead, Al. I beg to differ. Um, Low-end guy uh, in standard mixed leagues this week because of two starts, both good matchups. Otherwise... Yeah, pass.
0: Well, two good starts in a row for the fourth guy in today's rotation, Wade Davis. He's got uh, – he, he's well, he pitched against Seattle and Detroit. Those were his last two starts. And in those two, 16 innings, three earned, 14 strikeouts, five walks. And he's only owning 36% of leagues.
1: That's more like it, but I would like to see a lot more from Wade Davis because up until this stretch, he's just not been very good this season. So uh, let's – you know, I think this is more almost scouting for next season because he hasn't delivered very much uh, this year. Wade Davis or Carl Pavano? Pavano's been more consistent, which is not saying a whole lot.
2: Mm. Okay. <laughs> Wade no. Davis or Dylan G? See, I think I'd go with Davis here because I feel like G has already started falling off, and and I just don't think he's going to be able to turn it around here in the last few weeks. And Davis, higher upside pitcher, and and. At least there's some hope that he can come around here and deliver strong results in the end. Javier
0: Vasquez, strikeout machine. He struck out 11 Wednesday. Seven innings, he allowed three earned runs. It's not great, but not bad. Owned in half our leagues right yeah. now.
1: Trevor Cahill or Javier Vasquez? I tell you what. I just just before walking in here, finished my top 70 for the week for next week. Javier Vasquez, number 40, highest he's been all year. Trevor Cahill, 45.
0: Okay. Do you like? Obviously, we like Vasquez better than Cologne at this point. Obviously, Jimenez
2: or Vasquez. Well, I I mean, Jimenez is the one you want to own. Obviously, I don't know where you have him ranked on your list. There,
1: fifty-nine with a bullet. So, okay, uh, is is
2: Vasquez a two-star pitcher? Vasquez
1: is two starts. Jimenez is one. That yeah, right. A two-star Vasquez is somebody you'd start
2: over a one-star Jimenez, and. Vasquez, like you said, getting better and better. 18 starts now since his fastball velocity came up. 8.3 strikeouts per nine innings.
0: Pretty good. Not bad at all. That's
2: old school Vasquez.
0: Okay, we move on to the injuries, news, and notes. And that sore thumb still bothering Brennan Bosch. He will not play Thursday, and his production has gone down. I think there's a legitimate reason to be concerned here if you own Bosch.
2: Yeah, I think any time a player suffers an injury, misses some time, comes back, has to miss more time with the same injury. It's more concerning than it was uh, when he missed that initial stint because then it probably means, okay, a DL stint could be in this guy's
0: future if, if a few days off wasn't enough to fix it. Right. Okay, Adam Jones has soreness in his shoulder. So yesterday we said he left Tuesday's game because he was sick. And he came back, and he's just a little sore. Is is it just an illness right now? What's the deal with it?
1: It's a mystery thing. It's a mystery illness because he had all sorts of uh, symptoms, uh, fast breathing and uh, all sorts of soreness. So they don't really know what it is. He's reporting that he's feeling better, but since they don't really know what it was in the first place, there's, I think, some cause for concern there. I think I got it from Adam Jones. You might have. That's what it was. Two Adams hanging out.
2: Yeah,
0: I know. Michael or he left Wednesday's game with a wrist injury. He'll have an MRI Thursday. He had an MRI Thursday. Well, I wrote it on Wednesday. Uh, There you go. (laughs) He checked out. He was back in the lineup. Doesn't seem to be a big deal. Hooray. Grady Sizemore took batting practice. Any timetable with him?
1: Minor league rehab games in about a week.
0: Okay. Uh, Ryan Howard was back in the lineup. Oh, actually, it was a good day to have uh, bursitis in your foot because Ryan Howard and David Ortiz both returned. And Shin Su Chu hurt his back and was held out Wednesday. What's the sitch?
1: Well, this was reported as, uh, I don't think I've ever seen this before, a trunk injury, uh, which apparently is like the whole midsection kind of core area. And part of that whole conglomerate is the oblique.
0: Mm, not yeah, good.
1: And that's not good. So... Not to be alarmist, because we don't really know what the extent is, but uh, it's not necessarily just a one- or two-day thing for you. Okay.
0: Keep an eye on that, fantasynews.cbssports.com. We will look at a few more notes from around baseball, and then we'll get to Twitter and Facebook. Let's start out with Willie O'Pena homered for Seattle for the second time in three games. Does it matter?
2: I, I'm actually kind of annoyed by this, because <laughs> it, it messes up the whole good thing Seattle had going with Justin Smoke out, so that Mike Carp. Uh, Trayvon Robinson and Casper Wells could all be in the lineup at the same time. If if is going to start bumping in, that messes things up. I don't, I don't think he'll get much playing time.
0: Is is what it ultimately means. But something to watch. Any indication right now on which Red Sox shortstop will be the starter when Eucalys is back? No, it, it
2: it's just it's just a guessing game on my part right now. And and I would think. That because Lowry hasn't done much with Eucalys out, the Red Sox would have no reason to switch to him. Uh, so I, I think it's it's probably going to be Scooter-O
0: getting the majority of at-bats, maybe 60-40. Hiroki Kuroda has won three straight decisions. Does he need to be started in more than 58% of leagues? Because wins was the problem before, but now he's getting
1: them. I mean, for Week 22, he does because it's a two-start week. But generally speaking, that's a... Just the perfect uh, ownership level for him because he is the starting. No, he's only like starting, or, starting eighty oh, or something. And, oh, At okay. Start, and and I thought I that seemed, I thought that I thought it was higher than that. Okay, so yeah. my bad. But does he need to be starting? Well, then the answer is still pretty much the same. That yeah, that starting percent should be higher in a mm-hmm. two-start week. But um, you know, for this week, you know, maybe it's a little high.
2: I don't know. I I I think he's having the best season of his career. His ERA is under three, and, and like Adam said. The, he was behind in the wins. Nice catching I, up. I, I just feel like the luck's turning around for him, and, it, and if it does, and if he's able to win at a normal pace the rest of the season, that's still gonna be, uh, it's still gonna be someone in your, you want in your lineup more often than
1: not. But there's still the not part of it, so he's a, yeah. that means that some weeks in Starmix leagues you are gonna have better options. That's that's who he's been. Yeah, he's having the best season, but it's not dramatically better than the last couple of years, and you know, he's been that guy. He's been that streamer guy.
0: Your thoughts on Max Scherzer being started in over 70% of leagues. He allowed two earned runs in five innings Wednesday through 97 pitches in just five innings.
1: Yeah, not always efficient, uh, not always keeping the ball in the park, and rarely consistent. So Scherzer certainly has his moments. He has his upside.
2: I I think he's been a lot more good than bad recently. Recently, that's absolutely true. 3.18 ERA over his last eight starts, and seven innings or more in four of them. I mean, he, I, I realize there's been some starts like this one in here, but yeah. still 200 runs, five innings. That's if that's a, your bad start, you could do a lot worse than that. That's what I was saying about Cologne a few days uh, ago. Yeah, but, but Scherzer <laughs> has the seven inning starts mixed in there. Yeah. And he's also
1: 10 two, years younger. Yeah, and in a two star <laughs> week, I have, yeah, in a, in a week, I have no, absolutely no issue with people starting Scherzer. He should be starting in a lot of weeks, a lot of leagues in a two star week. Logan Morrison back with a bang. He homered. Owned in 68% of leagues. And you know why? Because he learned everything there is to <laughs> know about being a major leaguer in all aspects. But then I think he went 0-4 in the nightcap, right? Send him down. Or did he homer
0: in the nightcap? No, no he, he went 0-4. Yeah. yeah. Okay, d- do Leo Nunez owners have to be worried
1: about him losing his job? Uh, not much. Uh, not to say that that's unthinkable because he did get uh, benched for a while last year in favor of Clay Hensley. He has been terrible lately, and he was held out uh, in the doubleheader on uh, on Wednesday. Um, I don't know if that was so much a fatigue usage kind of thing or just because he had been so bad. But the fact that Jack McKeon was willing to keep him out of the ninth inning, uh, you know, for a, a two game set, you know, it certainly raises the possibility he could do it again later in the what season. What
2: month did he lose his job to Clay Hensley last year? It was, would be August, correct? It was August, and yeah. he's having another bad August. Maybe he just gets tired or something. Maybe it's the dog it's days. Dog days.
1: <laughs>
0: sneaking up. Is. Could be the mental ones or the physical ones. We don't know. We do not know. Uh, congratulations to Carlos Beltran. You hit your first home run as a Giant. Let's hope he takes off. And let's move on to Facebook and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Fantasy And Twitter is at CBS Fantasy BB. If you want to follow our football tweets at CBS Fantasy FB, and you can follow at CBS Fantasy News for everything. So we'll go with Facebook first. Josh Ketterhagen. I have Tabata on my DL still. I was trying to find a way to get him in my lineup since he's been hot. I have Crisp in my outfield. Who do you think I should keep? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question.
2: Well, yeah, it is. We spoke highly of Crisp today. Certainly I did. And I know we both spoke highly of Tabata yesterday. But I think Crisp has done it all season, and Tabata's had his on-and-off period, so I'd say you got to stick with Crisp.
0: Who should I start at utility slot? This is from Jeff Vermeulen. Jeff says, who should I start? Laurie, Delman Young, Brennan Bosch, or should I grab Tabata, Blanks, or Hart off of waivers?
1: I like uh, Corey Hart the best of all of these options. So uh, if that wasn't a, uh, a waiver option, I'd say Brett Laurie, but... Uh, I like Corey Hart here for a little more uh, of, a, of a known track record and yeah. good power.
0: I thought Hart was having a bad August, actually. I was looking at his, his numbers today because I was going to put him in the show. But no, nah, actually, he's mm-hmm. been better than I thought. He's been pretty good. David Pelk on Facebook. One more move left to make in a limited move league. Do I save my one move or grab Strasburg off waivers as my secret weapon? Thanks.
1: Obviously depends on who else might be available, but I see absolutely nothing wrong with making that move. Strasburg will probably be back, not week 22, but week 23. I'd wonder if he had reserves pretty much at
2: every position. Right. Because if somebody gets hurt and, and you don't have any moves left, that, that could end your season right there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Going on to Twitter, at CBSFantasyBB. Andrew Dominiani I got it right this time because last time he emailed and said that's not how you pronounce it. Okay, please rank for utility for the rest of the season. John Mayberry, Mike Carp, Peter Borges.
1: Well, one of those guys is pretty much assured of playing time, and that's who I would pick, and it's Peter Borges.
0: Drop any for Chipper Jones or Mitch Moreland?
1: You know,
2: I, I'm not particularly high on either of them because they're less than everyday players. I'm not particularly high on Borges, though, this is the problem. But if you, if you don't need a third baseman, um, which obviously Jones fills for you, then I, I think going with the hot hand of Borges, Carp, Mayberry, which which certainly Borges fits the bill now, uh, it, it is fine to do.
0: And finally on Twitter, Steven Costanza says – That's seven, seven. C- Costanza. Oh, seven – man. Seven George, Costanza. George's daughter. <laughs> oh, that's very funny. That is hilarious, and I totally blew it. But a great <laughs> Twitter handle, and I'm sorry I blew it. Is Ubaldo Jimenez a keeper for next year? We
1: had fun with this question yesterday on Twitter, Al. Uh, yes, we
0: did. Yeah, I think I said – no way if you have to forfeit the round that you See, drafted. I did
1: not see your responses. I saw that you were copied on it. But oh, yeah,
0: I, I responded because so somebody tweeted. I, it might have been seven. It, it was right. seven. So, okay. uh, all right, so you said what? And, I said not if you have to lose the draft pick that you drafted him with. Interesting, okay. And then he said, no, we can keep 10, no restrictions.
1: And without knowing that he could keep 10, my answer to him was, if you can keep 10 or, or more guys, then keep them, but less than 10, I wouldn't. Okay, So yeah. you think – so, I think it's okay for him. Is a
2: 10th round pick next year, yes. basically.
1: Yeah. It's very, uh, very exact on and, your part. Yeah, <laughs> well, and not even knowing that that was the number he was looking for. Yeah. So. Awesome. Thumbs up, uh, Scott. Uh, yeah, that
2: sounds fun. I can't see him being lower than a 10th round pick next year. Right.
0: Okay. So, let's quick pitch one player in each league to keep an eye on. Scott's AL player, Anthony Swarzak, who apparently faced one of our producers, Mike Friedman, in high school. And Friedman, like, knocked him around. Bunt bunt single, three for four.
2: A double, also, I think he said. The thought of Mike
0: Friedman bunting for a single is pretty hilarious to me. But uh... (laughs) (laughs) Anthony Swarzak,
2: Yeah, Anthony Swarzak hasn't been on many people's radar. He's been moved from the rotation to the bullpen back to the rotation over and over and over again this year. And and what's kind of gotten lost in all of that is that he's had a pretty darn good season Um, And actually, in his five starts, you could argue they've been better than the relief appearances, 316 ERA 105 whip. And just breaking those starts down one by one, the last four of those five starts, zero earned runs, one hit, five innings, three earned runs, six innings, one earned run, six innings, two earned runs, six innings, zero runs, one hit, eight innings. I mean, it it really... yeah, it's a real eye-opener eye when you look at it that way. Just the thing is, because those start, starts have been so spread out and, you know, spot starts most of the time, nobody really had any reason to pay attention to them. Um, he's not a strikeout guy, and normally I don't get excited about those types, but he does have RP eligibility, and as we've seen, you know, Bruce Chen, Guillermo Moscoso just the last two weeks in the podcast league have given me a big boost. I, I could see Swarzak fitting into the same category as those two. He has a start for the injured Nick Blackburn on Friday. It, it might just be another case where, okay, he's only going to fill in one or two starts for him specifically, but with Kevin Slowy struggling and Brian Dunsing struggling and, and maybe another Twins pitcher getting injured before the end of the year, uh, I, I could see uh, I could see Swarzak being in the rotation more often than not to close out the season. And, and you know, that's something to watch in d- deeper head-to-head leagues.
0: Yeah, but, uh, you know, this is what happens when he doesn't have to face Mike Friedman.
1: That's true. There you go.
0: Scott Sizemore is Alice AL player.
1: Yeah, and he is owned in a grand total of 8% of our league, started in just five. And, um, you know, this is a guy that I've always liked um, as sort of a sleeper because of the minor leagues, he, for a guy who came up as a middle infielder, Showed pretty good power, really good patience, some nice on-base percentage uh, potential there. And at least for the month of August, he's finally starting to deliver on it. This is the thing with Sizemore. He's, he's really been a frustrating player, almost like a quadruple-A guy because he could do it in the minors but yeah. hadn't done it in the majors. But now with the A's, he is starting to put together 361 on-base percentage for the month of August, 10 doubles already. So you know, that's really nice production. Um, and you know we talk day after day here about a lack of third-base options – well, now he is eligible at third base, still eligible at second base, so needs to get a lot more consideration in mixed leagues.
0: And Scott's NL player is Randy
1: Wolf.
2: Yeah, Randy Wolf threw, gave up five earned runs last time out, uh, which is you know fresh on everybody's mind. But I think that kind of concealed the, just how effective he's been recently. Two ninety one ERA over his last eighteen starts, and if you go back even further than that, eighteen starts. Uh, Did I say 18 the first time? Okay, (laughs) 291 in his last eight. If you go back over the last 18, he has given up more than two earned runs and only seven of those 18. Usually, you know, I I don't think... I think he has two five-earned run starts in there, but a lot of threes, twos, fours, that kind of stuff going on. So uh, a pretty reliable pitcher, more reliable than people give him credit for. He's not the strikeout guy he used to be, which obviously hurts his value, but if you're looking for... uh, Maybe a matchups type down the stretch, maybe uh, somebody to look at for every two-star week. Uh, I-, I think Randy Wolf is actually a little undervalued right now. He's going against the Cubs on Friday. If he's able to uh, handle them the way he should, then I think he deserves to be on people's radar.
0: And if you look back at even his last 18 starts, yeah. go even further. You know, it's even better.
2: Yeah, <laughs> from those other 18 starts,
0: yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> AL's NL player Brad Peacock.
1: Yeah, who is a strikeout pitcher? At least he has been in the minor leagues uh, more than a strikeout per inning earlier this year in Double A, close to a strikeout per inning in Triple A. And uh, you can't go any farther up in the minor leagues. So the next stop is going to be Washington, D.C. The Nationals have said that they will call him up in September. And uh, the timing couldn't be better because they will have a gap to fill next week, uh, which is uh, part of that week is uh, after the September call-ups. Jordan Zimmerman will make his last start of the season on Sunday. Strasburg almost certainly won't be ready until the week after next. Uh, he needs to make two more rehab starts. So, Peacock, if they do call him up right away, first of September, he'd probably be the, the most likely pitcher to bridge that gap between uh, Jordan Zimmerman and Steven Strasburg. And they could, you know, go to a six man rotation or replace Detweiler or somebody. Um, you know, In any event, Peacock probably making at least one start, uh, and that start could be as soon as next week. And just another name to throw out there, too, they've also said they will call up Tom Malone. So probably either Peacock or Malone will uh, make a start next week.
0: Thank you, fellas. I have to end this show a little early today on the account of me needing to go home and go to sleep. But <laughs> we will be back on Sunday with our Start, Sit show for Fantasy Week 22. Big week coming up, so make sure you get all your fantasy advice right here on CBSSports.com, FantasyNews.CBSSports.com, and, of course, with our podcast. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you Sunday.